again, we could continue to ask that you, you pray for the youth, pray for the leaders. Uh, it's crazy out there. And as you can see, beautiful. One day they're going to be sitting here with us all. I know, I know. Yeah, so continue to pray for them, okay? And continue to pray for Pastor Pat as he will be back with us soon. He's on vacation. And this moment, if you could just uh, grab your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark. Chapter 4. Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. And we're going to start on verse 35. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and it reads, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left them, the multitudes, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he, then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray again. Father, we love your word. And we just pray now, Lord. Speak to us. Touch our hearts. Pour your spirit upon us. In Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. Trying to, trying to figure out this timer. And uh, this microphone too, so... And I look like out of sci-fi or something, but okay, I figured this out. Um, let me get this here. Well, you know, I, I love this part of the Bible. I really do. Um, Pastor Pat asked if I would uh, come up and share what the Lord has put in my heart lately, and, and right away I just thought about uh, I thought about this passage. The Lord put this passage on my heart. For so many reasons. It's just right here. You c we just read it. It shows the power. The power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and you know, on our, on our men's breakfast once a month, uh, our, our theme has been living a victorious life. Right? Living a, a, a vic abundant victorious life. And it's a wonderful study we do once a month. If, if men, if you haven't joined us, please join us. Uh, and it's a reminder how we're on the winning side. Amen? We're on the winning side. And, and, and many times, uh, we don't live our lives like we are on the winning side. And we lose focus on the trials and the storms that's in our lives. And, and God wants us to have joy. Right? He wants us to have joy. Yes, we're going to have storms. Yes, we're going to have trials. You know, but God's power, his word, overcomes all difficulties, all of them. And when we go through these trials, sometimes we don't always see it. You know, that's, 
I know it's hard to talk about storms when it's 100 degrees out here, right? But it, sometimes you can't see through those storms, right? But God's, on, God's with you. God is with us. He wants to bless us during these storms. So the question we ask at times, at least I do, are we really trusting in God's promises? Are we really trusting in God's promises? And if we look at our lives, the things that he's already done in our lives, one, save us, he never goes back on his promises. Right? He never, ever, ever does. And there's one thing that I love about this account here, that he reminds us, there's a promise. Just trust me. Just trust me. Right? Uh, and, and also a good thing to remind ourselves about in this story here is that the storms or the trials is to refine us. He wants to refine us. That's what he wants to do. We look at it as something, oh, Lord, you know, what's going on in my life? You know, what, what's happening here? But he wants to refine us. At times it takes chastening us. You know, he sees us as the way we're going to be. He don't see us the way we are today, right? He knows. What's, he knows. He's molding us. He's shaping us. But it takes, it takes these trials that come up in life so that we can see where our shortcomings are. God is gracious. He is gracious. And we need to remember as we, as we, before we go into this that trials don't always, I'm sorry, trial, trials aren't always taken away. They're not. I wish they were. But we would be filled with, we need to be filled with the joy of the Lord. We need to be filled with the joy of the Lord as we go through. Count all joy, James says, right? Count all joy. I know it's tough, but we need to show, you know what? Someone's watching us. Our children are watching us. Our grandchildren are watching us, how we react. You know, one thing I love about coming here at, at, at Calvary Chapel, uh, Manteca especially, I've been blessed to be here, me and my family, for the whole five years, right? The whole five years. It is funny because, uh, you know, I don't live in Manteca, but I feel, you know, but I love Manteca. And uh, I thought I was going to be here six months, right? I met Pastor Pat before the church started, and the Lord totally arranged everything, and, and, I, and I love that man. And man, when you know what he tells you, he loves you and he misses you, he means it. He, he really does. And, and we all do. But you know, the thing I love about this church is that he's so faithful to the word. Right? I remember the first lesson here. It was John chapter 4, the women on the well. And the following week, Acts chapter 1, verse 1, boom. We're going through the, we're going through the New Testament. We have some, some little messages here and there, or, or guest speakers. But Pastor Pat has been faithful, and he's going through it all. And he's gonna, I remember, he, we're going to go all the way to Revelations and see where the Lord leads after that. Right? And it's been awesome. Why? Because the Lord wants us to know every promise, every trial, everything in our lives. And we tell the children in, in the children's ministry, we always tell them, this is a love letter from God to you. He says that to us as well. And he wants us to have joy in our lives. He wants to refine us. And we need to remember that, that, that the lessons that we learn must be tested so that we grow in our faith, right? So that we can know the purpose of a calling in our lives that we see beyond the storms. So looking down here on our account, I need to tell you the context. Jesus is here is enjoying tremendous popularity. People are coming all over the, that area, right? 
They're here, they're here from thousands and thousands. They want to hear him teach. They never heard teaching that way before. They never heard that. They had the Pharisees always holding him in bondage and always, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. And Jesus was teaching. He's God. He was teaching from the heart of God. Right? So people were loving it. He was healing the sick. Miracles, miracles. People were bringing the families. I mean, if we're in that same situation and he's here, we, we want to take him to Jesus to heal our family members. Amen? So that's what they're doing. They're taking him. People are witnessing the miracles. He's, uh, uh, there's people that are demonic. Uh, there's people that are demonically, and it's still happening now. They're just possessed, and he's healing them. You know, nowadays, in my opinion, it's my opinion, it's, it's, it's taking place with these crazy drugs out there. Please pray for those people. I just felt led to say that right now. I'm sorry. But pray for those people. It's crazy out there, right? So he's healing them all. They're looking for hope. We look for hope, right? We look for hope in our storms of our lives. You know, we, we do. We, we, our storms can be finances, our marriages, our children, our grandchildren. They're just not walking with the Lord like anymore. But Jesus loves them, and we need to continue to pray for them. These are storms that we go through. And God is faithful, right? So continue here. Here you see in, in our context, the multitudes, they're rushing, and they're pressing to hear him. So what does he do? Jesus gets a boat, and he uses use it as a pulpit on the Sea of Galilee, and he was teaching them all day long. And we see that, see that here in Mark 4, uh, verse 1. He's teaching them about the parable of the sower, sower. He's teaching them about the seeds, teaching about faith. He's teaching about uh, uh, the being the light. He's talking about courtesy, uh, serving the kingdom of God. Is basically what he's, he's teaching them. Excuse me. He's teaching them to serve the Lord, and he's teaching these uh, disciples how to serve God. But just like we, like I was just sharing with you guys, when we come here, past, here at this church here, and it's awesome, right? We hear this Pastor Pat teaching and all these other guests, beautiful lessons. Why? Because the truth. And we're excited, right? I know I get excited on the, on the midweek uh, Bible studies. Or wherever you have your Bible studies, it's exciting. And you're amen, amen. But when we walk out these doors... That's a time of testing. And, and here in our, in our context here, the Lord is about to give them a test to say, okay, let's see what you really, really learn. See if you learn the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Jesus loves them so much that he's not going to just leave them there. He's going to refine them. So, so let's, talk, let's look at our passage. Look at verse 35. All right, verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Well, the Lord put in my heart to bring up a couple of things, how we can uh, get to the other side, right? How do we go through storms? One, victory in our walk always starts by believing the word of God, right? He's telling them right here, let's go to the other side. You got to remember, Jesus He's teaching all day. He knows all the people are there. They're, I mean, he's, you know what I love about this? And I didn't mention it. 
and this is just me, right? He's on this boat, this, the lake, the sea is behind him, and he's teaching everybody, you know. I, I love the ocean, I love the water, and it always represents power, right? Always represent, here's Jesus, our Lord, he's teaching. Water behind him, boom, right? And he's, boom, he's just, just teaching, sharing the word, just, hey, just the kingdom of God is like this, and people are excited, excited, but he's doing it all day long. Now he's tired. People are just coming, and now he can't go through there because, you know, he's exhausted, right? So what does he do? He said, you know what? Let's not go that way. Let's go over to the side, right? And, and we know why? Because I still got something else I need to do. Jesus is awesome. Here he knows in chapter 5 about the, he's, he's going to heal a, de- a demon-possessed man. So he's also showing them not only his promises, but he's also keeping his promise on teaching them and bringing them up in the word of God. So he's about to go to the other side. So that's what that verse five is. Let us cross over to the other side. It's a key word, right? Because we need to, first of all, to get through these storms is know what God is telling us by the word of God is true. Do you believe it or not? That's what it comes down to you. Do we believe it or not? Right? Look at, the, look at verse 36. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him, Jesus, along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. The disciples got into the storm. Why? Because they were obedient. They were obedient. They got on the boat. You know, times when we go through storms, we wonder, why, why, why is this happening to me? Because you're drawing close to God. You're being obedient to what he's telling you to do. If we weren't doing it, the enemy is going to leave you alone because you're already, you're already lost. We're already in carnal, carnal Christianity, if you want to call that. Right? So what does he do? These guys are awesome. They're, they are listening to him. They're excited. They're with him all day. So after Jesus blessed the multitude, the disciples obeyed Jesus. And immediately, immediately, that's the theme of, of Mark, serving and immediately got into the boat. You know, it's awesome when we listen to the word of God. Because when we're listening to the word of God and we're obedient to what this beautiful book says here, it's so easy to know what the will of God is in our lives. I hear that all the time. Ruth, I just want to know what the will of God in my life is. And wh- what is the Lord telling you? What is the Lord saying into your heart? And it takes, it takes obedience to really seek him out. You know? We, you know, we, we want to do things our own way. But why? So these, uh, these disciples are awesome. They get, they get in there. And then if you notice with me also in verse 36, if you notice it says, it says and other little boats were also with him other boats wanted to hear so they're right there and they want to hear they're excited right they want to follow him right so there they go you know one thing they're going to learn here is they're going to learn they're going to learn what they did learn that day jesus is going to put into action you know and i was thinking about this this morning how many times have you been to a, a retreat or a conference you're on that mountain high I mean, you're, I mean, you're hearing everything from Jesus. I mean, I don't know if you've been to, if you've never been to a retreat or something, please go. You'll be so blessed. Right? You'll be so blessed. But you're on that mountain. I mean, you, you, and that's what they are, right? They spend the whole day with Jesus. They're on that mountain. They're hearing it. Their prayers are answered. But sooner or later, you've got to get off that mountain, right? You've got to get off that mountain. And this is what's happening here, right? They're, they're, they're about to be tested, right? Verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Third thing I see here is lessons of faith must be tested. 
Again, lessons of faith must be tested. And, and before I start this verse, I really want to share with you this because it's been on my heart for a while, especially with uh, meeting people. Trials does not always mean that you're doing something wrong. Many times you know, we do hear, we hear that. We hear, what am I doing wrong? Things just can't stop happening to me. Things just keep happening. Am I sinning? Am I not living right? Don't think that way, right? He wants us to grow. He wants us to depend on him. He wants us to stop <laughs> depending on ourselves, right? He wants us, you know, Luke 22, and I'll read this to you, verse 31 to 32, it says, this is Jesus speaking to Peter. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. To be tested. How far? Oops, wrong one. Excuse me. Hmm. Anyways. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. It's like a pause in the movie, huh? Right? <laughs> right? That's Peter. Right? That's the apostle Peter. Peter, if you remember, he denied Christ. He denied Christ. But God's grace was upon him that he ended up being a mighty man of God. I mean, when I read that sometimes, especially when I just read that, I think, man, if you, I don't know if he was telling me that, that Satan, Satan asked for me. I'll probably say, hey, so what, Lord, you're going to throw me in the lake of fire now or what? You know, so, no, no. I'm praying for you. Uh, a couple weeks back, maybe a month now, uh, if you haven't read it, I mean, got the DVD, the CD. It was a beautiful lesson that Pastor Pat taught about when Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, always praying for you, always praying for you. And that was, a, oh, I love that one. You know, I put tears to my eyes, right? So if you're thinking that, man, why are things happening to me? Because Jesus has got a plan. Right? He wants to get a plan for us. Now, uh, on this particular, uh, the windstorm here, uh, the Sea of Galilee, I, I should, I've never been to Israel, unfortunately, but Sea of Galilee is known for violent storms, right? It's surrounded full of mountains, the temperature changes, and the wind is con constantly going through. It steers, it, it and it steers up the sea, right? A quote by, uh, by, by uh, a commentary by the name of Trapp, he says, stirred up, likely by the devil, to drown Christ and his disciples, right? And many times, the enemy is stirring things up in our lives. Right? He really is stirring up things in our lives. But God is awesome. In Luke, the same account in Luke 8.23, it says, And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. So they were about to die. Matthew 8.24, it says, And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that bo the boat was covered with the waves. So, I mean, you've you got to look at you got to just see what's going on here, right? It, it's a windstorm. It's being the boat. The water is coming in. It's just violently just hitting the boat left and right. You got to remember, these guys are, are fishermen. They're experienced fishermen. So they just had to spend the whole day with Jesus, and what's the first thing they do? They go to what they know. How do they react? So I, I, the disciples are probably, come on, John, go to the left. Peter, move the waves. Start bucking. They probably had the bucket. They probably knew exactly how to do it, had a little rhythm going on, and they were trying to do it themselves. And that's what we do at times. We could read this all day, but sometimes on these trials, there's Jesus right there in the boat. 
the word himself right there in the boat. And then they're trying to take care of it themselves. All right? They went right to what they, you know, this is what Jesus wants to take out of them, right? But look at verse 38 in the beginning. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? The next observation I see in this verse is that we must rest our faith in the Lord. Psalms 23, 1-2, very well-known verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. I love that verse. We need to rest our faith in Christ. These guys, uh, the, the disciples, they're no, they're no different than you and I. Right? They're trying to handle the business themselves. But look at our example. It's Jesus. And I love this part because this part right here shows Jesus' true humanity. Right? He's asleep. He's tired. Right? He's sleeping. This right here shows Jesus is 100% human and 100% God. You know, many times when you're reading this, sometimes you'll hear someone say, well, of course, that's Jesus. You know, of course, he's going to, you know, overcome. But we need to remember that Jesus came down also as a man. The temptation from the devil, he was hungry. He cried. He, he weeped for his children. He's no different than you and I. All right? And yet he's asleep. He's, 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 <laughs> he's asleep. During this, I, I know I couldn't sleep with that the waves I had a bad experience so I don't want not do that right. but dig it Jesus is not worrying about his future he's not worried at all you know and if anybody has something to worry about is Jesus when we look at these passages what's going on the religious leaders are so jealous they want to they're plotting right now to kill him I don't know about you but if someone wanted to plot to kill me I don't think I could sleep right and that's what he's, he's sleeping his family wanted to seize him because they thought he was uh, losing it. And the needs of the multitudes. I mean, the needs of the multitudes. He's just really just hurting for them. They're, they're, they're in pain. So these are things that he could have been um, worried about. But he rested on the Lord. He was too busy doing the Lord's will. All right? Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 31 you could turn there if you like I'll read it to you and it's about worrying because most of the time worrying is the big obstacle in our storms we tend to worry about things that we shouldn't worry about all right? and, it's, and it's a very very popular verse but chapter, Matthew 6 verse 31 says therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat what shall we drink or what shall we wear for after all these things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek the first the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness, and all things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We worry about the future. We worry about tomorrow. I hope I make those bills. I, I hope I get that job tomorrow, right? We so worry so worry about tomorrow that we don't see what God is doing for us today, right? We don't see what he's doing for us today. I have a roof over my head today. I'm, I'm hungry today. And we do that. We worry about things tomorrow. 
and it, and it ruins, and that's part of what takes away our joy, is that we look at tomorrow. We, what are we worried about tomorrow? We're being blessed today. Jesus is our example. Why? Because he's seeking the kingdom. We're seeking the kingdom. So, it's, it's, so he's asleep. He's on the pillow. And look, and they awake him and said to him, I'll stop right there for a minute. The, they woke him. All that waves, all that crashing, all that noise, that didn't wake Jesus. Nothing, right? None of that stuff. But the cry of his children, the cry of his children is what woke him up. It's like a mother, a mother who, you know, as soon as her baby cries, wakes up. I remember when my oldest was born, you know, my wife uh, had a very difficult time. And it was through the whole night, right? And my oldest was born, and, and he was born early. So I didn't even get a chance to do the Lamaze class or none of that stuff, right? And, and so I mean, he was born four pounds, and, and, and I asked the nurse, well, you got to show me what to do here. I, I don't know what to do here. And she was showing me, and all night she was really awesome. She was really patient, and my wife was, uh, was in bed. She couldn't get out of bed. Her high pressure, was, it was dangerous in there, right? And so, so finally we get to the room. Finally they had the little room. We're ex- I mean, my wife obviously is more exhausted than I am, right? And I was tired put the baby down. <laughs> I remember laying down, like, oh, I'm so tired, right? I <coughs> crashed out, right? The baby cried, and I just feel like this pillow. <laughs> I look, the baby! <laughs> oh, the baby! Like, what? Like all of us say, oh, I heard it, yeah, I heard it, I heard it, right? So whenever I got the baby, right? The love that your mothers have for the children is so awesome. You know, I see my mother back there, and the love that she had for me, always there for me when I was sick, prayed for me when I was lost, running around with the wrong crowd. She never stopped praying for me, never stopped loving me, received me at one night. I think I would have kicked myself out if it was me. But my mother loved me so much, never gave up on me. Why wouldn't Jesus do that for us? Right? Why wouldn't he give up that for us? So I, lo- I love you, mothers. And I want to encourage you. I just feel right now, if, if you feel that way, if you feel like um, you're failing or something, God loves you. You're not failing. God has everything in the control. Our children, your grandchildren, marriage. I want to just encourage you in the Lord. I, l- I love you, sisters. I really do. And God loves you even more. God is awesome. I'm trying to get myself together here. He is gracious towards us, though. Whew. All right, so we're going back. So continue that verse. When it says there, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Here's the other thing right here that blows me away. The disciples accuse Jesus of not caring. We're dying. <laughs> Lord, we. <laughs> we, right? He brought, they brought Jesus in it. We, we, Lord, we are dying, all right? And if you look at this verse, the disciples were really upset. Why? Because they looked over at Jesus, kicking it, sleeping, getting some snooze, and they're doing their thing. Hey, how come he's not helping us? We got a good plan over here, and he's not helping us. Right? That's what they're looking at. I mean, if you look at the context, that's what they're doing. Right? They felt, hey, we know what we're doing. We're fishermen. Get a bucket. Get a bucket. Or get an oar, at least. Just, you know, just come on. Right? Right? They were mad because he wasn't helping them out. Right? We do the same thing, don't we? 
We do the same thing. We have certain prayers that we want Jesus to answer it just like that. Lord, uh, wherever your will is, but if you can help me this way, all right, that's what we do. Lord, I w- we do the same thing. We, do this, we want the Lord to bail, us, uh, bail our boat out. We want the Lord to, to, to work our plans out, right? Because we don't see the results yet. The storm's still there. But Jesus is like, mm-mm, no, no. And, 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 and at times it may seem like Jesus is asleep and not listening, all right? He will never let our boat sink. He will never let our boat sink. He will never. I want to say it again. He won't. You know, we, 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 we think that all the time. He's so faithful. If you look back at your life, the things he's brought us through, he's so faithful. There is value of testing our faith. Why? So that he could break us up, rely on ourselves. You know, we rely on ourselves a lot. You know, and Jesus wants to bless us by relying on him through these difficult times. So how far are we willing to trust the Lord is a question we need to ask ourselves. How far do we believe that he's going to take us to the other side of what we're praying for? Or or, or are we going to jump ship? That's something that we need to ask ourselves. Verse 39. Then he, Jesus, arose, I love this part, and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Next observation that I see here is that we need to know, we need to rest, we need to have confidence of the power of God, of the power of Christ. We have wonderful access to this power of the Lord, and we don't plug it in. You know, we want to do it ourselves. And we have Jesus who dwells in us. That will, again, that will never leave us nor forsake us. He is the power of Christ. We just saw 100% humanity. Now we're going to see 100% God. The word, the word rebuke is the same word Jesus used to rebuke the demons. It's the same exact words. It's just, this is, was a spiritual battle just as much as it was a, 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 a wild storm. To start, actually, uh, I believe that it was. Right, this, this, right now, this, this, uh, the, the devil is the god of this world. So, it, to me, it looks like he's trying to stop the plans of Jesus and the disciples are trying to drown him. <laughs> Try to drown Jesus, right? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> All right. So, look, that's what he's trying to do here. God's power is, is so, he's so powerful. He's so awesome. And we need to remember that in our storms. We need to remember, and like I said in the beginning, we live defeated lives many times because we're not accessing to what God is offering us. Right? Peace be still literally means peace be muzzled. Jesus' word of authority calmed down the, s- the storm that was sent by Satan. That is a, that is a powerful, powerful... Uh, to can, you know, I can't even imagine that. He just gets up, peace be still, and the wind stops, right? It's just awesome. That word muzzle, you know, um, I, think about, I think about our dogs. You know, when I hear, when I hear the word muzzle, I really can relate to it because uh, we've always had dogs, you know. First thing I asked my wife when we had got a dog, I was thinking little pooch. I want Great Danes, right? So we always had two Great Danes, this, even before we had kids. And when we would get ready to walk them, they're big dogs, mind you. They're just ready to go, ready to, ready to go, ready to, ready to take off. 
The minute we got our, our muzzle, I don't know if you have one of those kind, right? It, it's not the kind of the traditional muzzle. It's the one just that goes over the mouth, right here, right? The minute we show them the muzzle, they know. These dogs are powerful dogs, but the minute we show them the muzzle, they just calm, right? So when I read this, I truly, I truly get it, right? Truly get it. God muzzled them. God muzzled the, the, the seam, and he, he will calm down, muzzle anything, anything that goes in our lives that we cannot handle. We should give him everything anyways, right? We should give him everything anyways, you know? And he's awesome, and he will muzzle down anything, right? And the disciples lost track of that. The disciples' plan was to help. It's funny, if you noticed it too, you remember the little boats? The disciples' plan was to help their boat, correct? Bail out the water, get the seas. But see, Jesus has bigger plans. Jesus calmed the storm to rescue also the little boats that followed, right? He also calmed those. We think about God has a bigger plan. So when we see these storms going on in our lives, God has a bigger plan. Not only is he going to help you, but he's going to help someone else that's in, in your life, right? We, just, you know, we think of ourselves many times, unfortunately. But he has a big plan. And look at he. He helped all those little boats. They were also crying and yelling for, <laughs> for help also. God is awesome, right? Verse 40. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Woo! Imagine Jesus telling, telling us that. Why? Why do you say this? Jesus is concerned for the unbelieving hearts. It came up. Right? These are powerful questions if you looked at it. Jesus rebukes the disciples. He said, why are you so fearful? Didn't I tell you what we're going to do? Why you have no faith? That one right there hurts, right? Why you have no faith? Jesus rebukes the disciples for why? For not trusting the promise that he said in the beginning. We're going to cross over to the other side. He didn't say we're going to go halfway and sink. Right? He didn't say that. He said, oh, by the way, we're going to go halfway and come back. No, we're going to go to the other side. I, and the disciples, they lost track of that. One thing about this verse that's, you know, you look at it, you know, and fear is always the enemy of faith. Why? Because if you fear, you really don't have faith in Christ. That's what it comes down to. You don't have faith in Christ. You know, if it was, you know, and, and I want to share this with you as well. It was not the fear of the storm that made Jesus say they had no faith. It was the initial fear, because the initial fear itself is not wrong. There's nothing wrong with being scared. You know, we get scared, right? The, the thing here is the disciples choose to, to what to do with that fear. They, they believed they were going to die. That's what Jesus was upset about. Not that we get scared at times. We all get scared. But when we get scared, we should right away, Lord, I need your help. Right? Right? When you could, the other account you can remember is when, when Peter walked in the boat. I, mean, I walked out of the boat. He was the only one that got out. But what was his prayer? Lord, help me. Save me. Right? And that's what we need to be all the time. Lord, save me. Here comes that mighty hand. Pull you right out. And that's what they did not do. They said, hey, we're going to die. We're going to die. And, you know, and the disciples should have known they had the Messiah, right? They were with them all day. They knew they had the, the, the Messiah. They lost focus. Do we lose focus that we have the Christ? 
Right? Do we? That's something we need to ask ourselves. When we think Jesus doesn't care about us, on a particular verse also, that's another thing. It shows that we have no faith. If we think that Jesus, if we think, please don't ever think that too. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves us all. There's, there's, he, if when we think, God, don't you care? You have no faith. Why? Because we don't believe the truth. Romans 8.28, awesome verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. For those who are the ca- called according to his purpose. You guys are all here. I know you love God. I know you love God. God loves you. We cannot ever think that he does not listen to us. You know, and another point here too is it takes great faith to trust the Jesus, especially when we think he's sleeping. To know that he cares and works for us even when it does not seem like he's listening. Lord is listening. The Lord is always listening. You know, especially sometimes as parents, we, we're praying for our kids or something, and, and they're not um, following the Lord like we think they should, right? God has them. Our marriages. God has your marriage, right? Those who are lost. God has it, the situation. You know, don't think he's asleep because he he's awake. And this is the kind of trust that God wants to build in our lives. You know, um, you know, God is gracious. So all these things, especially this, that verse, right? That verse is a hard verse to really, uh, why are you so fearful? How is that you have no faith, right? When we look at that, it's like, oh, right? But I wasn't, sh- I want to share something with you to encourage you. Um, uh, God is gracious. And if you keep your eyes focused on him, that he's going to get you to the other side. He was going to get you to the other side. As, as most of you guys know, um, I went to the, uh, the Calvary Chapel con- uh, Pastors Conference in the beginning of this month. And at that particular time, that was the first week of June, and thank you for your prayers, you know, thank you. Um, I was going through a, a, a very difficult time, uh, working long hours, going to the Bay Area like most of us. And uh, I was hurting inside without really realizing how much I was hurting. And Pastor Pat asked me, hey, uh, Ruby, you want to go? Uh, the assistant pastors are invited this year to go to this pastor's conference. And right away, I said, mm, I don't know. He knows I love I love hearing the word of God anyway all day, so he knew something was wrong. So I don't know. You know, I got a lot of work here. I got to use my vacation. I was finding any excuse, right? And I asked my wife, and if you know my wife, whew, if you know my wife, you know, she's very tuned with the Lord, right? Thank God for my wife, right? So I asked her, I said, uh, uh, Pastor Pat asked her, you know, if, if I would consider going right away. I think, I, I think you should go. I believe the Lord wants you to go, you know? I said, oh, are you praying on it? And the pastor asked me the same thing. Don't forget to pray on it. Pray on it, you know? And I, to be honest with you, I really didn't pray with my heart, right? Brother Chris was leading the youth. I shared that with him as well. Brother, I feel like you're supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And those two people, and especially are, are people that I, I know always praying for me. Um, so I was like, mm, I didn't ask for the time off, right? So Pat calls me. So did you get it? Did you get the time off? Oh, well, Pat, I, I kind of didn't 
I didn't apply for it yet. I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. You know, and it's not that far from it. And June is a very, a very scheduled. It's very, everybody has a vacation. So that's going to be taken anyways, right? So I looked there, the only week that wasn't taken. <laughs> the only week that wasn't taken. I said, uh-oh. Right? And then I said, so I applied for it. And then the minute I applied for it, you know, I prayed. I said, Lord, you know, I feel like I'm being, uh, I have been praying for this. I'm disobedient. But Lord, if you really want me to go, if you really want me to go, you got to reveal this to me because I really need to hear from you. You're just working me now, right? I really want to hear from you. I mean, I got this response so quick back. Normally, you don't where I work at. I got the response so quick. I called Pat. I said, Pat, I got okay. And this piece, and the Lord right there spoke to me, right at my work. I tell you exactly where I was sitting. He told me, I have something I want to share with you, and I'm going to share it with you at the conference, right? And I was excited, right? I mean, all this distraction, these storms that was happening in my life, I could see it finally clearing a little bit, right? And I was excited. I was excited. Like, oh, yeah, I called Chris. I called Pat, and, you know, my wife, and I'm going, I'm going. I was pumped. Ended up getting a, a, the flu uh, two weeks before, and like three days I was, it was done with. So I was kind of recovering, right? So we're going, and I'm happy. We're leaving. We're going to Southern California. I go, the Lord's really going to hear me. Sure enough, I didn't even know the theme was hearing the voice of God. All right? That was my prayer. Ready one prayer. I, I, now, mind you, I asked a lot of prayers because a lot of things in my life was happening. Right? I, I thought my plate was full. Right? And I asked the Lord, Lord, you know. And, and so I'm going up there, hearing the voice of God. I was telling Pat, laughing with them, right? Ooh, <laughs> prayer number one, I'm not even there yet. Right? All of a sudden, I start getting sick. I mean, I've never been that sick in my life, at least in my adult life that I can remember. I lost 20 pounds. And for my frame, that's a lot of weight. So I'm go- we're going up to Grapevine, and I just felt this. Uh, it's hard to explain, but I felt like I never felt in my life. Right? And I knew I was supposed to go to the other side. I knew that God, what he told me, and don't get me wrong, when I was on the grapevine before we went up, I did. I did thought of, I thought about going home. Lord, was I really not hearing from you? You know, and if you guys know Brother Chris, right? He's a fireman, police officer, right? You know, I said, no, I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go. And they were telling me I was mumbling craziness. He looked, <laughs> up, he looked at my eyes. He said, bro, you are dehydrated. I need to get you to the hospital. And I said, no, he's a big guy. <laughs> no, nah, you know, I'm arguing with Chris. And puts me in the car, okay, we're going to go. And I was, I was, I was upset, right, Taking, going the wrong way. I got IV put in me. I mean, the minute I, it's funny, I was praying. When I got there, I was feeling real sick. I felt this peace as I was going to the hospital, going the wrong way, mind you. I felt this peace, right? Sure enough, think about this. This is nighttime. Parked, the, the, the truck just parked. A nurse in a wheelchair comes up. Oh, do you need assistance? Right? I said, whoa, get it in there. Wheeled me in at admin. Oh, available spot. Do you need assistance? Got me in. The nurse, oh, what's wrong with you? I told her, okay. I mean, Chris just barely backed me up. Ruben Pacheco. <sighs> I, got, I got seen within five, ten minutes. I mean, I looked down. There was 
bunch of people waiting to be seen. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, the, the nurse, a Christian, he's heard, he heard us talking about need to be at the conference. I mean, oh, you guys got to go to that conference tomorrow? Well, let me help you. I mean, totally, totally ministered to me the whole time. And I'm thinking, I'm watching this ESPN in the background, right? And I'm thinking, Lord, you're awesome. I go, I know you're going to do something awesome in my life, you know. And I was out of there so fast, continuing my journey. And I'm going to show you something with you, what I'm getting at is that when we got to that conference, every session, every prayer, I was hungry. <laughs> I was hungry. I was thinking I was going to go swim. I had my swim shorts. Oh, I had those tacos and all this stuff. I was thinking what I was going to eat, right? And I didn't eat, right? But you know what? Every prayer, because I believe Jesus was going to tell me something. Every prayer when I got there was answered. Every divine appointment regarding what was happening in my life, these uh, men of God who I've known for a while, I haven't seen sat next to me. I know they went through the same issues I was going through. And they were speaking. I know it was from God. I know it was God from God. And I never lost faith that, that the Lord was going to do something. And, and, he got, and I got to the other side because I trusted him. Nothing that I did. I, nothing that I've done in my life I could do. Nothing. Nothing. It, I trusted him. Matter of fact, one of my prayers was when I was not feeling well is, I said, Lord, I don't want to be healed if I'm not going to hear from you. I, I, I want to hear from you. If, it, if, it, if I got to go through this whole thing and, and, and just carry me, you know, and, and he did. And, and even though my body was probably the worst, feeling the worst ever, I've never felt God's presence. Why? Because he loves me. And he knew there was things that I had to, that he had to chip away to remind me of my calling and remind me of some promises that he gave in my life that I was neglecting because I was so worried about the hours and how I'm going to provide and all this other stuff here. One of the things he told me, don't you see I'm providing for you already? When you didn't have insurance for two years, did anybody get sick? And I was worried back, oh, I'm get insurance, right? And he reminded me of all these beautiful things, right? So God is, does listen. God is gracious. He was very gracious towards me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And he said to me, this is Peter speaking, I mean, uh, Paul speaking. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches in needs in persecutions and distress for Christ's sakes. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know what? And when I read this, and I love this verse, that the power of Christ may rest upon me never felt more real in my life. That same power that he calms the storms, that same power that we need to be in tune with, that same power is what carried me all the way to the other side that one day. And, re and, and it was a blessing. It, it was a true blessing. And if I had to do it all over again, I would. As much as everybody knows I love to eat, <laughs> I would. I would do it all over again. And I, and I encourage you guys. God is real. That power is real. And no matter what storms goes on in, in our lives, God got it. He will calm down anything, anything in our lives. Let's finish up verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? 
that even the wind and the sea obey him. Only, next observation, only Jesus could give us that kind of peace. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. The disciples were in awe and the fear. You got to remember, this is before Peter had the revelation that you are the son of God, right? But now they're starting to see the power, right, and the authority. Psalms 89, verses 8 through 9 says, O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness always surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When, it w- when its waves arise, you steal them. The disciples saw both the humanity of Jesus and the deity of Christ. They saw Jesus who he was, truly man and truly God. So I want to encourage you all, when we go through storms in our life, as long as you have Jesus, you can, you'll never sink. You'll never sink. Things things going to happen. But we need to remember, Jesus is in the boat, and it's not going to go down. It's impossible to go down. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, um, that you are almighty God. Lord, that you care for us so much that at times when we're going through storms, it may not seem like you're listening, but you are. I pray for anyone here, Lord, that's going through a storm, a heavy-duty storm, the heart is hurting, Lord. I pray, Father God, you reveal yourself more so today. Pour out your spirit upon them, Lord. Show them that you love them. Increase their faith. Increase all our faith, matter of fact, that we totally depend on you because we cannot do it without you. So, Father God, we just pray that we see this not as a story, but as truth, that you calm any, any storms in our lives and that we want to trust in you more so. We don't want to take our eyes off those promises, Father God, because we know that you're going to get us to the other side. We give our lives to you, Father God. Use us in a mighty way. We just want to have our relationship with you so pure, so, so close, so knitted, that we could just feel your breath on our face. We thank you, God, for this, this uh, word. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. And Lord, most importantly, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's t-